Welcome to the F5 podcast. We're here today to talk about why standards matter in manifesting the life you want. Yeah, nailed today, it. Today, <laughs> we have discovered Mouthful. that standards are very important. Why is that? Yeah, good question. Great question. What are some standards that you had maybe five years ago that now are completely different? Mm. Or something you've implemented in your life that now has become the standard? The way you wake up, routine, the way you go to sleep, how you go ahead. I would just say we should probably clarify what standards are so people kind of get a framework for that. But I would say your standards, if you're if you're in a growth lifestyle, growth mindset, mm-hmm. your standards are always upgrading. What does that mean, growth mindset? You're 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 not settling for a particular outcome once you've achieved it. You, what's next what can i do more mm-hmm. and not in like that can get toxic i hate using that word now because it's so abused but that can mm-hmm. get to be dysfunctional if you can't find satisfaction with where you're at there is like a harmony in being happily content with what you have with an anticipation of what you could be or mm-hmm. or, or where you could go and that that to me is the tension of humanity like what can we accomplish while we're here Mm-hmm. And in doing so, your standards will continue to increase. And th- it's pretty natural, right? For for most people, the older you get, your standards increase in some areas. And sometimes, sadly, they decrease in others, right? So very often, and, and you see this over time. So for instance, in high school, a lot of people have great bodies because mm-hmm. they didn't have to work at it. Right. Right. It's pretty fucking easy to have a good body when you're in high school. <clears throat> So it isn't really a good reflection of what your standard is. Then you get into college and more into adulthood. How does that settle out is informed sometimes by your genetics and your lifestyle and your diet. And then from there, you kind of settle into what am I okay with, with my body, mm-hmm. right? What is, what am I okay with? And this, you know, uh, we posted a TikTok video a couple of days ago. I think we're almost at a million views and it was overall pretty there's a lot of people that agreed, but I was surprised by the people that didn't. Um, and so I would, I was trying to be patient and contextually understand like, well, maybe you just missed what I meant. Cause this what were they saying? Pretty self-evident. Um, you can say that cause you're a white privileged male, um, structure and agency and form result, not your standard. Um, and then some people misunderstood because when we edited it and I'm going to go back and, and make sure we do a little bit better job. Mm-hmm. The lead was your bank account is your standard. Mm-hmm. So, the vast majority of people totally understood what was meant by that, mm-hmm. but some people thought my value as a human being is based on my bank account. Which uh, made me sad. Interesting. So I spent a little bit of time like, no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. I get kind of weird, but I, if you listen to the whole video, I think you'd get that that's clearly not what I meant. Yeah. But some people meant like, what, what, how much money I have is how valuable I, I would am. have never thought that. Interesting. And some people did. So I'd go back and I'd comment. And I started copying <clears> and pasting <throat> the same comment for those who said that. I'm like, no, no, no. You're bank account is a reflection of your financial standard not your value as a human being or your right. morals or your ethics or um and the vast majority of people got it but mm-hmm. some people didn't and so understanding standards and and we, we qualify it but standards is the minimum expectation that you hold for yourself or others in a particular area of your life like mm-hmm. what are you willing to tolerate because what you tolerate, you end up inviting and accepting. So mm-hmm. you're standard. That isn't meant to be a qualitative or judgmental statement because mm-hmm. 
everybody's standards are different. It's mm-hmm. not my place to judge what your standard is. That's not for me to do. Mm-hmm. Right? It, everybody has their own standards. But the reason for the discussion is nothing changes in your life until you change your standard. It all starts with changing your standard, which changes your mindset, which allows you to manifest what you want. So mm-hmm. if you're happy with the quality of your relationships, your blueprint for your life is probably on point. Your standards are on point. If you aren't, you may want to look at, well, what are you, what's your story about that? What do you expect from your relationship? And then can I consciously change it and become aware of it? Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Same thing in our business. I love hiring people that have a higher standard for how much they want to make. Mm-hmm. Because if they have a higher standard, they will manifest that. Mm-hmm. If somebody, like a lot of times we hire people that come in entry level and they've only had minimum wage jobs. Well, they're comfortable making close to minimum wage because that's what their internal standard is, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they have a higher standard naturally. But people have a high internal standard, you put them in a sales position, they'll, they'll kill it because mm-hmm. they have a completely different standard for what they're okay making. Mm-hmm. I want to touch on something you said, that you said some people come into this position, into our business that have a higher standard of what they want to make and they manifest that. What did you mean by that? How do you manifest making more money? Well, it starts with your internal standard for what you expect for yourself. And sometimes it's not, sometimes people will back into being really good at money, but they're, they, it's not a high financial standard. It's a high excellence standard, which is why a lot of times people have negative associations with money. So I won't coach them around money. I'll coach them around excellence because excellence will very often backdoor you into mm-hmm. making good money. And you may look up and go, oh, cool. I'm doing really well financially, but that isn't the motivation isn't money. In fact, as a general rule, chasing money isn't very fulfilling, but having a clear standard for what you want for your life is because then you'll start attracting or manifesting the resources that you want. Mm -hmm. So manifestation is, it works like this. Everything in the world, everything in the 3D realm was created twice Mm -hmm. without exception. And we know this even from a quantum physics um, concept that this is very true. So meaning the Eiffel Tower was built twice. It was first built in somebody's head, mm-hmm. and then it was built in the physical world. Literally everything works this way, mm-hmm. right? If you want to have, um, if you want to have a, a manifest <laughs> things, you have to have a standard for that, or you won't keep it. For instance, somebody who has a low financial standard wins the lottery. <laughs> yeah, they lose it. They lose it mm-hmm. because they don't have the standard or the internal hardwiring to accept that reality, or how about somebody who finds Mr. Right or, or <clears throat> Mrs. Mrs. Right? Mr. <laughs> <laughs> or Mrs. Right but finds the one. Finds the one. There we go. Yeah. But they aren't ready for it. They'll mm-hmm. fuck it up. Right. Because they don't know how to do. Like if you're used to being, if your standard for yourself is I'm okay being treated poorly, then when you find somebody who treats you well, you may very well reject them because you don't really know what to fucking do with somebody who's genuinely wanting to treat you well. Which is mm-hmm. really crazy for me. Because it's an internal hardwiring, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your, your blueprint for your life informs your decisions, which creates your life conditions. Yeah. So you could have a really difficult blueprint based on the way you grew up. And if you're not aware of it, you're wondering why I'm always broke. Why do I always date assholes? Why mm-hmm. do I keep finding myself in the same situation? Now, if you're not ready to hear this, it can sound offensive because it's putting the onus or responsibility on the person. And this mm-hmm. is where we get people saying, well, you're not accounting for structure over agency. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Or like, mm-hmm. well, you're not accounting for how the how culture holds people down. I don't need to account for any of that mm-hmm. because that isn't that isn't the – when you look at how people show up in the world – 
all the great things in life were done counter to structure, right? So the argument of structure versus agency is in culture, there are structures that intentionally or unintentionally hold some people down and let some rise, mm -hmm. right? And so those structures inform how somebody shows up and the result they get. Mm -hmm. And agency is free will ability to create, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's this constant tension between structure and agency. Well, the best lies are 60% truth. There is, there is structure, right? Depending mm -hmm. on, and I, and I said this, somebody made a comment like, well, you're a white privileged male. So you, you get to say this. And I said, yes, I am a white man. And yes, I do enjoy certain privileges, but you don't hurt me when you say that. Mm -hmm. When you say that you're hurting the people that hear that and think that's an excuse or it disempowers right. them for mm -hmm. going after everything they deserve, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, it's a very disempowering thing to tell someone, oh, it's structure. Because what you're yeah. telling them is, oh, you're not in control. You're putting yeah. a cap on what. Like that's so disheartening. And mm -hmm. I'm like, I know people that say that probably have good intention. Mm -hmm. They're just wildly missing it. Like, mm -hmm. how, does, how does that help people? It doesn't. No, because you're focusing on the shit you can't control. So right. yes, we all didn't get dealt the same cards in life. Right. Mm -hmm. That's just how it is. Mm -hmm. But we all have a responsibility to take the cards we were dealt and do something with it. Mm -hmm. So our internal standard informs that. How do I know that? Because this is the second video, I think, third video uh, we posted. Whatever you think your shit card was in life, go find somebody who had a worse hand who's mm -hmm. doing better. And I guarantee mm -hmm. you, you're going to find them. So then what the, What do you do with that? Mm -hmm. then, then what's your story? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what's yeah. fun. I love doing that with people. So like it's Oprah Winfrey, for example. Yeah. As one example. Yeah. Like, yeah. how do you not compare it? Like, oh, you know, I live in like the worst city in California, which is still probably... 99% better than any other third world country in the world. But I don't know. There's so many excuses. Um, do you have yeah. any questions? So back to the question. Sorry. Oh, oh go ahead. Um, so you were saying about the person that comes into our business and already has a really high standard, right? And then as far as breaking down the people, like the people that come in that kind of don't really know where they're going and they were given that shit card and they're telling their story. And then you, you'll repeatedly tell them like, you have to switch your internal hardwiring because that is going to take time. Yes. And what, how does that work look like? Well, it starts with awareness, which is again, you know, that's the heart of our business. Our business management training program is designed to create an atmosphere where people can grow. And mm -hmm. part of that is education. And part of education mm -hmm. is awareness. It all starts with awareness. So it's very hard to change something you're not aware of. Mm -hmm. because it's it, it's like a base operating system that's working in the background. What if you, you always talk about the conscious versus unconscious? Yeah. So people, what if they are aware, right? They are aware. They're like, oh, I am pretty bad at whatever, da, 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 like, but I can't really do anything about it. Or you always talk about the conscious, unconscious, something. Well, there's there's oh, four. There's the, the, yeah. the, the unconscious, incompetence. Yeah. <laughs> unconscious, competence, unconscious, incompetence, yeah. conscious, yeah. competence, conscious, incompetence. Mm -hmm. Right. And they all, there are four different stages of awareness um, or lack of awareness that can help kind of inform your decision making and what you need to work on. But if somebody is aware of their low standard or they're aware of their, we'll say, program that's no longer serving them, mm -hmm. then awareness is key because if you're aware of it consciously, you can detect it when it shows up. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's why you have to be aware because then when that program arises and goes to use, you can go, nope, not using it. Mm 
Mm -hmm. And you can break the pattern, right? And when those times happen, yeah. but if you're not aware of it, you'll kick right back into it. It's like the, you see this, uh, um, have you ever had this experience where generally a family member, very sometimes a much older family member will have a very visceral, emotional opinion about something mm -hmm. and they're certain it's true. And then in the moment, they're educated or given information that challenges what they believe. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, consciously, they're like, oh my God, thank you. That's incredible. The next day though, they're back to spewing the same bullshit. Mm -hmm. You're like, what the fuck happened? You just acknowledged this because what acknowledged it was the conscious mind. They When they were aware, when they were housing their, their, their thoughts, mm -hmm. they were able to acknowledge this was wrong. Mm -hmm. But as soon as, and most people are unconscious, they go back to unconscious programming, mm -hmm. the programming arises. And without awareness, there's nothing to change, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're gonna change your standard, it starts with disrupting the pattern, the belief system you currently have. Easiest way to do that is hang out with people, uh, which isn't always easy because sometimes it's gonna be hard to find those people, but hang out with people with a higher standard because a lot of standards are caught, not taught. Mm -hmm. Right? Like Contagious. We, we, we laugh about this all the time. We said many times, if you have your five besties, not like associates, but your five best friends, like the people you are intimately close to that you absolutely love and adore, if they are all shredded yogi instructors mm -hmm. right, and that's what they love, and kale smoothie, you know, kale smoothies every morning. So if oh, that's no. their lifestyle. One of two things are going to happen. You are either going to be the sixth or you're getting new friends. Yep. I'm not talking associates. I'm not talking about peripheral friends. I'm talking about your core friends. Yep. Mm -hmm. right? So it, standards are easily raised in, in an environment where you're, you're around people with higher standards yeah. because they start informing your decisions. Their, their influence on, well, they see the world differently. They're talking differently about it. it makes you question, um, but you have to. It starts with being aware and then disrupting the pattern, like noticing when you do that, and and then consciously go, no, this is how I want to see it. Because mm -hmm. every unconscious pattern or unconscious belief system first was conscious, but mm -hmm. like that's how it got there. Mm -hmm. So you can just reverse engineer. Well, how did I get this pattern to go? This is how I'm going to get rid of this pattern. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think that you, um, when you first started talking about this, you were talking about growth and how you have to find that balance between being like always Content wanting to achieve or... more, right? So we have standards and having that growth mind mindset is achieving it and then wanting more. So for me, I'm just wondering how, how can people find peace in the process? How can they enjoy the process? You know, if you're constantly living in that, um, growth mindset where you want to increase your standards like how do you, how do people do that it's a great question you know? I, I feel like that's a reflection piece because mm -hmm. we have to really accept exactly where we are right now right mm -hmm. so that is a huge part of just finding peace in the day-to-day -day because if you are striving for greatness it's not like I'm going to, I don't know why I'm going to bring this analogy, but it's like, no, one's going to start off great in playing basketball, <laughs> right? Like you shoot a few hoops and you miss a ton of shots, but then the more that you put time and effort into one piece of, um, free throw, and then you start nailing that every time you start to play that took time and effort. And then you have to accept that. Okay. What can I do today to make sure that I am 1% better? I'm now I'm like thinking about the atomic habits mm -hmm. because we have to know that what we're doing now, like today, like if we're bringing it back into business and operations or in recruiting, like how many more people can I call today? 
-hmm. Like our, your goal is what your LOA is like a hundred people or a hundred, hundred calls per day. Mm -hmm. Like, can I make those hundred calls per day? And if you, if you're like, oh, I'm at like 90 calls today Mm -hmm. and you have like 10 more minutes, can you at least make those 10 calls? And then you have to accept like, okay, this is my standard. How can I get better? Maybe tomorrow, can I make 110 calls tomorrow? That's 10%. I'm not too sure. Maybe 105. I'm not sure. (laughs) I can't do math. Um, But even if you put it in like the personal, like back into like the personal life, um, I think that like Dre is the perfect example because like I see her waking oh. up at like freaking uh, like five o'clock in the morning. Like never in my life would I really, really enjoy that. Like my chronological, like what do they call it? Um, Your circadian my, rhythm. My circadian <laughs> rhythm. I realized that during Christmas time, I fucking woke up at 12 o'clock in, in, in the afternoon. Like I had, oh no, I literally woke up, like my body was like, wow, that felt great. Yeah. <laughs> But not saying that's not, I, I can wake up or whatever, but I, I accept that. I'm happy for you. I, I, know, I accept that where I am now is like where I'm supposed to be. But that like middle ground of wanting to get better, I think that I, you just have to accept. You have to accept that whatever you do now is going to take you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And where you want to be might be five years from now. 10 years from now, but at least you're striving for that. So by self-reflection, you mean realize where you got to right now. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I struggle with that all the time. I'm like, I mean, I'm good in my head, you know, but I could be so much better and I keep going. I need to be so much better. And I just keep at that as opposed to like, wow, I feel like if I stop, Mm -hmm. I'm just me like, well, that's good. That's enough. I like, I hate that word. So I don't know that I could, I need to really be more conscious about self-reflecting it's like because yeah because that's the thing it's like you work so hard and I think that if you if there's not that balance of celebrating your wins you kind of really don't live life and Mm. I think that's what I'm trying to get to Mm -hmm. is enjoying the process I think burnout can happen too oh yeah because it's it's like well I won't be happy until I reach this this. happens Mm -hmm. and going through the process to get that goal could take you 30 years and where I find it hard is where people literally miss out on 30 years of their life right because they didn't know how to enjoy that process and self-reflect and celebrate the wins or Mm -hmm. however it is and that to me is really sad because Mm -hmm. it's a great thing that there are so many things that you want to achieve and I agree that we should constantly be um, upgrading our standards to fulfill our potential but the part where I even for myself where I I get afraid is like I don't want to miss out on today on Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. and enjoying the process as I get to where I'm going Mm -hmm. and so that's where I'm like where do you how do people do that and and really um, and I love what everybody said I, I agree um, there's a lot of helpful pieces there. It comes down to your motivation for why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I'll take everybody through an exercise. I might do it today actually with our leaders where I'll go, okay, everybody write down your 12 month goals, right? And you've oh. got 60 seconds, mm-hmm. write down your 12 month goals. Clearly they should be clear. Like boom, boom. So then they'll go to work on writing down their goals. Some people take 30 seconds. Some people take 90 seconds. I usually give them two minutes. Okay, okay, that's step one. Step two, 
write down how you expect to feel when you accomplish those goals. Mm. Be very specific. Give me three emotions you expect to feel from writing those goals. Same thing, a couple of minutes, they're done. Then I'll ask everybody, what was your goal? <clears throat> and they'll always give me what was on line one. Mm -hmm. right. right. And, you know, I'll have five or six people to really hit the point home. I'll listen and go, wow, that's really good. That wasn't your goal. I don't go, fuck, you can't tell me what my goal is. That was my goal. <laughs> I don't know. Look at line two. Mm, that feeling. was your goal. Mm -hmm. Line one is how you hope to achieve it. And that's the big, the big mm. like aha for people. Like, oh. What I'm seeking is these things. Mm -hmm. How I think I'm going to get them is these things. Mm -hmm. So when, to your question, how do you stay happy in process? For me, what I have learned, if, if you have a centered, healthy self-love and self-worth, you enjoy yourself now. And what is promoting or informing your desire to grow isn't love or external it's not yeah. external it's mm -hmm. a desire to be the best version of you that you can possibly be at all times absolutely and that changes how you show up and now you're not doing it for anyone else you're not mm -hmm. doing it for any other reason than you want to honor your own potential mm -hmm. which allows you to enjoy the process and enjoy who you are now knowing i can continue to lean in and see what's possible mm -hmm. and that's really fun it becomes a game like wow yeah what, what else I could do mm -hmm. versus like, oh, I have to do this so that, you know, I prove to my family I'm worthy or yeah. I prove to society I'm worthy. And that's where like a lot of the success talk and ambitious talk can go wrong with people is it can feel like shame where it's mm -hmm. like, well, if you aren't this, you're not valuable. Well, mm -hmm. Nobody can fucking tell you what your value is. You As a human being, you have value. Mm -hmm. As long as you're living up to your potential and your standards, don't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks. Mm -hmm. But that's, you have to do the inner work to get there. And that's mm -hmm. part of the problem is that most people are looking at the world to mm -hmm. tell them what their worth is. Nobody can really tell that's you true. what your worth is. That's mm -hmm. for you to decide mm -hmm. how you want to show up. Now, how much you make is very much determined about the problems you solve and, mm -hmm. and the, what value you bring to the world, right? Like we have a, which is not a new problem. We have a producer consumer mentality yeah. right now and producers are making a shit ton of money. There has never been an easier, better time to make money. And this is this is ironic to me because I'm, I'm seeing it more, if TikTok is any indication, more and more people believing it's harder and harder to become wealthy, that it's harder and harder to make a living wage. And yet at a time in which the US population has been fairly stagnant for 30 years, there's more millionaires being made now than any other time in our history. I'm like, how do you reconcile those two things? Education. Because right. if I didn't work here, I would probably have that same mindset of like, well, there's so many millionaires and they're making their money through all these crazy things because they have money. If it wasn't for working here, I don't think I would know all these avenues where you can take, whether it's not even just working to make millions, it's investing to make millions. It's, you know, things like that, that people don't understand. Education is what's going to get you there. Right. And I'm like, well, what are we teaching people? Yep. When I hear this, I'm like, are we learning anything in school? Mm -hmm. what, what, what's our education system look like right now? But we're demonizing people of wealth. And I like I get, especially at the billion dollar level, right? You, I think you have a responsibility, in my opinion, to show up for humanity. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. to be fair, the billionaires I know are. They're solving mm -hmm. some of the biggest problems in the world. And they're still hated and demonized mm -hmm. for it. I'm like, what the fuck? But here's the fun stat. 
86%, this is verified two different ways, 86% of millionaires were first generation, mm -hmm. meaning self-made. So they did not come from money. Well, that really fucks with your story if you think <laughs> it's all old money and everything's controlled by a Trust. handful of people. And <laughs> like, what do you do with that? And I love to ask that question. What do you do when you're confronted with information mm -hmm. that challenges your worldview? And I, and, and I witness it. it. For most people, it goes in one ear, out the other. They don't even know how to reconcile that. So, ah, it's not true. Or they just tell themselves a story. So one of my favorite questions to ask now in the comment section of, <laughs> of our videos is, is that true? How do you know that's true? And most mm. of the time, it's crickets. Mm. Like, nobody can answer that. Like, uh, Or they'll come back with an opinion as opposed to like credible stats or... And won't answer the question. Like yeah, I see this nothing. over and over mm -hmm. again. Like I'm like, hey, I appreciate your very lengthy response. I just did this the other day. I'm like, hey, I appreciate your very lengthy response, you, but you didn't even answer the question. <laughs> yeah. And that tells me it's like, hey, I have a strong opinion about what you're saying, but I don't know what is true. It's mm -hmm. I'm emotionally responding to this because I don't like the way it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And that to me, when something doesn't make you feel good, that isn't necessarily mean you should run from it. You may need to lean into that and figure out why, yeah. why are you running from this? Mm -hmm. Because it may be you're running from yourself. It's like, you don't want to take accountability or you're afraid to look at yourself in the mirror. And our world right now is enabling people to do this, like on another level. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, with, uh, I think with all of the different articles and the way that you can go on Google and look up anything, you're going to look up a ton of articles that might be 100% incorrect, mm -hmm. you all know? And are. so people, as opposed to <laughs> looking up the actual stats, talking to people outside of your circle that might have different opinions, that's how you learn. I don't think that you find the first, you know, advertised article on Google and go off of that and then, you know, run with it. I think. I don't know. People need to do more education, more research. I don't know. It's really frustrating arguing with people that don't research. Or, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> My good buddy, uh, you, we all know Joe Nolan. Most most people don't know this, but he started out as a journalist. Oh yeah. And mm -hmm. so he was. We were on a call the other day and just chatting, and he was saying like, you know, back in the day when he was a journalist, there was a pride in researching and fact checking <laughs> and like doing the work mm -hmm. before you presented a piece now everything is opinion it's mm -hmm. all editorial mm -hmm. it's just you're just sharing your view of the world and people are just eating that shit up. and it depends on what side of the spectrum you're on yeah that, that's where you're gonna get your information totally. and it's i'm just gonna listen to other people's opinions mm -hmm. right and it's like that's a that's a pretty scary place to be because Without a framework to make intelligent decisions or to think critically about things, especially things you don't agree with, you were easily manipulated and led astray mm -hmm. on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about um, just being able to take those, um, just like the opportunity of when something arises that makes you feel uncomfortable, because I think that's how you also start to raise your standard. Totally. Um, and it's, and in even doing that, it it takes a lot of courage to be able to face what makes you uncomfortable. But I think for people who are looking to become more aware and to raise their standard, like you have to take the leap and just have the courage to do that. And then I feel like it gets easier over time when you, you know, at least taking, opening that door for the first time mm -hmm. to like, oh, 
this makes me feel uncomfortable. The confrontation, I think, is one of like the biggest fears yeah. of people. Yeah. And reflecting on it. And um, it's like you deal with that. And I feel like sometimes it doesn't ever really go away, but just having the courage to look at it. And then later on, more things just on their own just come up. And it gets easier to look at yourself, get uncomfortable and do the work so that you can raise your standard. And um, I, I I feel like that's how I've also too personally been able to grow. It's just like, ugh, this does not feel, feel good, good, but let's yeah. fine. Like, let's, let's take a look. This. Yeah, let's I'm lean into it. it. Yeah. And that works so much, but it does take a lot of courage to, to be able to do that, <clears throat> I think. So at this point now, say 10 years ago, do you believe that you manifested this life? Ooh. Hmm. 10 years ago, what was that? 2020. Oh, wow. I was really just starting. I was. You were still in high school. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still in high school. I'm specifically talking about like how Phoenix was born. Mm -hmm. A good question for you guys. Mm -hmm. We We, weren't here. We We were not brought up. We were were embryos. We were embryos. (laughs) (laughs) We were conceived. Not yet. (laughs) Weren't even a thought. (laughs) I mean, it goes into our name, Phoenix, right? To be reborn, to be constantly built anew, to renew. Um, I think we are closer to the vision now than we were 10 years ago. But I, to your point, what you're saying earlier, my vision is a 50-year play. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the arrival point is, is uh, thank you, All right, my <laughs> arrival point isn't there we haven't achieved it yet but we're we're moving that direction i've had moments of like where i've literally been like driving and just start crying and and recognizing how far we've come Mm -hmm. and hitting milestones there's something very encouraging about holding space because they're for all the hate we put on people who are building businesses right now it takes a fuck ton of courage to stand up and to build something and to put the risk into that and believe in something that isn't yet it yeah um, and so to see how far we've come is really encouraging. And we certainly are moving in line with what I see, but we're not, we're not there yet. Yeah. It's like that phrase, you will never be criticized by someone that's been in your shoes. Or doing more, Do more than, or than you. Or doing more than you. Right. That's, that's why I like consumers are the ones that are sniveling to producers. Mm-hmm. I don't see producers sniveling to other producers as a whole. And again, mm-hmm. there's exceptions to almost every rule, but we make a huge mistake when we start trying to advocate for the exception as if it's the rule, which mm-hmm. is also very popular right now. But it, producers producers are people who are going out and adding value to the world by producing something of value that other people want. Consumers are just that. Mm-hmm. They are consuming. Yep. Right. They are taking the things that other people are producing and wanting it and wanting more. And they're like little children, like toddlers that just feed me, feed me. Mm-hmm. And they want more and more and more. But your your value in the world is based on what you produce, not on what you consume. Yeah. Right. It's like it was for all the people who are angry at Elon Musk, uh, Tesla or Jeff Bezos of Amazon. It's like, well, if you guys don't like him, don't fucking shop at Amazon. Right. Don't buy Tesla's. Right. Stick. Like, it's very easy. Like, they are validated in their, they are very much validated in their ideas and the world they're creating by the fact that so many fucking people consume their products. Mm -hmm. Don't get angry at them. Yeah. Don't buy it. Yeah. Go ahead. See if that works out for you. (laughs) Yeah. 
I use Amazon. <laughs> My dad has a Tesla. Love that. Yeah. I love Amazon. Like, I get the sentiment around, you know, pandemic billionaires massively increased their wealth, which made sense because they offered solutions that helped people through the pandemic. Take advantage of it. Right. But I'm like, think about this. I don't know around the world, but we'll just speak for the United States. I know we have listeners all over the place, but the United States, it would have been a completely different pandemic if we did not have Amazon. Oh my gosh. And all of the ancillary yeah. services that come with that delivery service, you know, that have brought food to you, Amazon Prime, Amazon Fresh, Amazon Fresh, like, like DoorDash. Why the fuck isn't anybody going, thank you. Right. Yeah. Thank you right. for this. Now, mm. I get it. Like, the argument is, well, yeah, he didn't do that on his own. He has an army of workers. Yes, who all elect to work for him. Mm -hmm. They are not They are not enslaved. They don't mm -hmm. have to work there. They choose to work there. Mm -hmm. I mean, it yeah. just kills me. I'm, I'm just thinking of, like, just the lack of critical thinking and the sniveling that I hear. I'm like, ah, go build a business. Uh -huh. And if yeah. you think billionaires should give away all of their money, go become a billionaire and, and give, give away. away all of your fucking money. <laughs> what they can't yeah well jeff bezos came from a middle-class family in seattle right he didn't come from wealth they showed up with a solution and yeah. that's how they made their money yeah he came up with a solution and the world validated it now he's doing quite well nice elon musk people are angry at him that he didn't give his money away to solve world hunger and i'm like well he's you know solving some other really big problems like making us a multi-planetary <laughs> working on not being dependent on non-renewable resources, to name a few. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus Christ, what do you need? What else do you need him to do? Like, let's find somebody else to solve that. Yeah. Gosh. Be the change you want to see in the world. Quit pointing fingers at other people. And that doesn't mean that there aren't valid concerns or valid arguments. It's just when we get caught up in the things we can't control, we disempower ourselves from being part of the change. And if his history is any teacher, change happens when enough people stand up and go, we want something different and we're going to do something about it. We're not asking our government to do right. something about it. We're not asking billionaires. We're going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Which is the healthy, complete opposite. Way. It's a complete opposite right now. Which I'm wondering if this is like academia, because academia mm. very often is detached from the real world because they live in their little fucking. And what is the stat solos. that once you graduate college, you're about eight years behind? Depends on your degree. They're uh -huh. all the same. But in a lot of the fast move, like so much so that like Google stopped caring about college degrees mm -hmm. when it came to programmers because mm -hmm. by the time you're done, the programming language is already dated. Mm -hmm. So they're like, no, 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 just come in. If you show a talent or proclivity for, for coding, we'll teach you here in real time the thing that is most important. So to be fair, it depends on your degree. Yeah. Um, like not all degrees are turning over very quickly because there's not as like, for instance, accounting is pretty stable, right? Yeah. Like it isn't yeah. changing so much that yeah. you're going to be super outdated in accounting um, and, and, and some other of the more stable practices. But like anything in technology, mm -hmm. even in medicine, biology, these things are turning over so quick right now because we're learning so much so quick that, yeah, yeah by the time it gets to academia and you get out, you're already behind. Mm -hmm. But that's beside the point. I think that Academia, and I'm making generalizations here to be clear, and not all professors work this way, and there are some that actually did something significant in the real world, but in academia, there are a lot of teachers that are a lot like a lot of politicians. The mm. only thing they know 
is to teach or to be in the political world, mm -hmm. right? Like they, they don't actually have practical real world experience that informs their fucking shit. Mm -hmm. So they get to sit in behind their desk and theorize about what they think the world should be. And then they proselytize their fucking students on it, which is where you get a lot of these, like, like where are we getting this, mm -hmm. these ideas that we're, you know, right now that are so fascinating. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's academia, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I did have some professors in college where they would start off the semester and just say, um, whether it's um, political science or something along the lines with business that has to do with politics, they would start the class with saying, I, you will never know if I'm a Republican or a Democrat by the way that I teach you. And if you can tell, tell me, but I doubt you ever will. So on the last day of class, he was like, what political party am I part of? No one could, because his was so unbiased and so he could teach from both sides, which I think was probably one of the smarter things to do. You went to Cal State. Cal State, Cal State. State. Yeah. Cal States are known for being more um, practical. Mm -hmm. And uh, UC mm. is more like theoretical. Right. So it somewhat depends on where you went to school. Right. But, and that's part of it. Um, that's, it, it, and here's an unpopular belief. Before you open your fucking mouth and have an opinion about something, be able to argue both sides mm -hmm. intelligently, right? And that, that's, that's just not something that we're practicing as a people group right now. We don't really understand both sides. When you're informed on both sides, you can make a much better decision and you understand. And then you're able to empathize. Like, I get why people feel this way. I don't have a hard time understanding how this happens, mm -hmm. but maybe we could you can consider the other side of this. Right. It brings me back to just a thought about our our last podcast. I know that we went more into like our resolutions of like our physical well-being or even financial well-being. But one thing that I was telling Dre about right before we started our podcast is like, how can we just be a little bit more kinder or not react as much? Like that right? be like, the resolution. Let, let that be the, re yeah, exactly. Let that be your resolution in um, having more of that open mind or seeing both sides because our world would be so much different. <laughs> if, if we could change from lead with love and compassion, and the easiest way to do that, I think, or just a practical step in doing that is like slow down your desire to make statements and share your opinions and increase your desire to seek to understand the person. Mm -hmm. Ask questions, lead with questions. So many of the ill-informed opinions come from making assumptions on mm -hmm. bite-sized chunks of what you think someone is saying. Mm -hmm. Right, which TikTok, <laughs> great example. Just the internet in general. Right? Yeah. Like when when people comment on on memes or videos, I very very rarely learn much about the content they're commenting mm -hmm. on, but I learn a fuck ton about the person speaking because they're speaking from their perspective mm -hmm. and their worldview and they're generally deeply personalizing that truth. Mm -hmm. So they may be the exception. It's like 99% of people that's totally accurate for it, but they're the exception and they'll speak as if they're the rule. Like, oh, that's not true because like, no fuck stick. Just because you were one in a million doesn't mean, and let's just assume that's accurate. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean this isn't the rule. Rule doesn't mean rules uh, when you operate from a rule, it doesn't mean that there aren't people on the fringes or there are things that maybe don't apply. It just means you can safely use this as a principle and it's going to work more often than not. Mm -hmm. Right. But we're very, very stuck on this. 
making the exceptions the rule right, right. now and being really sensitive to the very small minority of people that this doesn't apply to. And it's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like you're hurting people. This is a disservice. You're not helping people by showing up this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the power of like reposting things of those like little snippets that gets everybody else riled up. Right. And it's like, go back to the actual, like, Let's say it was a speech that someone, a public figure gave, and they snipped these like three words and everyone's like, he wants to kill everybody. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Let's go actually to go to the video where it actually happened. Go to the article that has the entire thing quoted. You know, I don't know. It's just so frustrating when people just go off their rocker because without context, little pieces. Yeah. Education. We're trying to commit to where possible any of the content we're cutting up in short form, we're providing long form access mm-hmm. by putting that on YouTube. So if somebody's like, but, but, but like just fucking watch the whole video, yeah. then talk to me. Yeah. I'm going to land this because we got to go to yeah. the meeting. Gonna land yes. it. All right. Well, if we break that down as far as why standards are important to manifest your 2022, you can just list that real quick. What would be your, you know, number one through five? ways to do it standards um create just more clarity i would say as to where you're going in terms of what it is that you want to manifest so i think that is one of them self-reflection on where you're at where you've come where you're going celebrate the little wins oh yeah (laughs) and recognize that everything starts with awareness Nothing is going to change in your life until you change. And it's very hard to change without having the awareness of understanding what are my current standards? Mm-hmm. What is what is it that I believe about myself and others in this particular area of my life? What am I okay with? Because that informs unconsciously your decisions, mm-hmm. how you show up, what you tolerate, what you're okay with. Mm-hmm. So it's nobody's place to judge your standards except for you. You're the only one that quali- can qualitatively judge your standards. But it is important that you are aware of them and then you can decide whether it's something you're okay with or you're not. But that's your work and nothing changes until we're aware of that. We want more, we got to be more. All right. You hear that, listeners? If you want more, we got to be more. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the F5 podcast. Please follow us on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all of the above. (laughs) And let us know if you have any questions on this. We'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.